Welcome guys and thank you for joining me again. My name is Thomas Giella and uh, this is my podcast, The Business Bowl. Uh, This is episode three, what forms of payment should you accept here on January 8th, 2019. I'm excited. I get to talk about money. It's not very often that I get to talk about money to people and uh, since you guys are joining in, Let's, let's just jump right in. Let's just talk about money. All right. So when you build your business up, or even when you're first starting out, automatically you think about credit cards. But before I get into that, we're going to go over all the different types that there are to begin with. you got cash, check, ACH, gift cards, and credit cards. Honestly, that's, that's the main ones. Um, cash, you got your Benjamins, you got your your greenbacks, you know, your physical cash and coin. Um, you have to be careful with cash. Uh, we don't even really accept cash in, in my office um, because it's, it's too much of a pain. You have to count down the till every single night. Uh, it was actually, uh, it actually cost us more money. Uh, than it did to actually do credit cards. When you think about how much labor actually went into um, making sure nothing was missing or you know the right uh, amount of money was given back to the client, you accepted the correct amount of money, and above all else, you didn't get any counterfeit bills. Um, counterfeits, counterfeiting right now is uh, massive. It is a huge issue. Um, uh, it used to be that you just had a pin that you would mark on the bill, and that would tell you if it was uh, good or not. The problem is that uh, these counterfeiters, <laughs> they got smart, and they were started washing bills. Uh, what this process is, is uh, it literally washing the ink off of legitimate lower bills and then printing higher bills on top of it and this would pass the ink test the only true way to know if a bill is legitimate or not is to purchase a counterfeit uh, uv light uh, piece Um, what this unit does uh, when you put the bill underneath is that it shows the code or the strip inside the bill of what it's supposed to be I don't know if you ever noticed or not, but if you ever hold it up to the light, it actually says a number, 100, 50, 20, you know, and whatnot. Smaller denominations don't have that. Bigger denominations do. Um, That unit also uh, will show watermarks. It will show if it's a, it's not 100%. Nothing's 100% when it comes to cash. Um, It's just a, a better way. And because of this, we just stopped. Uh, I mean, we still accept it. It's really rare when someone gives us cash to begin with. Uh, we're more of a credit-based, uh, credit card-based company to begin with. Uh, it just it costs way too much money. So when someone gives us cash, we just legitimately say we don't have change. We do not carry change. We do not have a safe. Uh, you have to give us exact change, or we can't accept it. Uh, and most people, you know, they don't they don't mind that. Granted, we have about 10 walk-ins a week. <laughs> so if you're a legitimate retail store, that is not the way to do things. You still need a till. But if you're, you know, if you don't have a high transaction amount per day, cash probably isn't the way to go. Checks. Checks are great. 
they're like cash. They write the check to you, the business owner, or to the business, and then you go deposit said check. Uh, the only problem with checks is that you really don't know unless it is uh, unless the person has money in the checking account until you go deposit it. If the person does not have money in their account, the check will bounce. If the check bounces, the bank that you deposited that check into will then charge you a bounce back fee. If you have no clue who this person is, maybe they're a, a fly-by-night person, um, you, you have to now track down the person and go after them small claims court or, you know, just it's it's a headache. Uh, we only accept checks from businesses that we do net terms with. Uh, we'll get into net terms on a different podcast, but we only accept big denomination checks from them, and we do not provide services and or products until the check is cleared. That's just the way it is. Uh, you have ACH. Uh, ACH is kind of interesting. It, it's always been a thing, but thanks to technology now from like QuickBooks and Stripe and a few others, um, and uh, I believe Square Irvin does it, ACH is actually very economical now. Um, it's just that you have to get certain information from your clients, and most clients uh, do not want to give up this information. So ACH stands for Automated Clearinghouse uh, it is an electronic funds transfer system, and it's ran by the National Automated Clearinghouse Association, NACHA. Uh, it, most most of the time, when you hear of ACH, it deals with payroll, uh, direct deposit, tax refunds, consumer bills, tax payments, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's January right now, so in the next month or two, everyone will start getting there, uh, or even a few weeks. Uh, they'll start getting their refund checks back. And uh, most of the time, you're not going to get a physical check. You're going to get it directly deposited into your bank account. Uh, if that occurs, they're using what's called an ACH. And in order for that to happen, uh, when you submit your tax return, uh, the, uh, you have to put in your account number and your routing number as along with your information. What happens with an ACH uh, uh, payment is that you have to get the client's routing number and their account number and all the information, and then you have to run it in the system. Now, we just signed up for this because the POS system that we use, unfortunately, it is proprietary to uh, the technology industry, to the uh, IT technology world, um, and they just finally got ACH through WorldPay. I hate WorldPay, by the way. Never get it. Never use it. Uh, we just have no choice, to be completely honest. As soon as our, our system allows us to use someone else, I, we're switching. I just I hate WorldPay. Horrible customer service. Anyways, um, ACH is great because we have clients all the time that we have their credit cards on file. When I say on file, it is a secured system. It is token-based. If you don't know what token-based is, Google it. It's really hard to explain. I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there. We do not keep credit cards numbers actually in our office or in our computers to be PCI compliant. They are stored with the uh, pay gate, payment gateway people like WorldPay um, and then just communicates with our system. So we insert their credit card into our system, which then goes into WorldPay. And then whenever a reoccurring uh, invoice is uh, has occurred, it then pulls that payment method from WorldPay and then charges it. It sucks 
because most of the time people nowadays have a credit card that's been compromised it seems like every two or three months and some people i don't know what the heck they spend their where they use a credit card they need to stop because it's on a monthly basis it's the same credit card number but every single time it's a different uh three numbers and it's a different expiration date sometimes it's a different credit card it's just it's crazy every single month and if you're dealing with a two thousand dollar uh per transaction amount recurring hey that's no biggie you call the person you call the client up you get the new credit card information bing bing boom you got your money you let the services and our products get fulfilled and you know day goes on if you're charging five dollars for antivirus and you don't have much margin in it at all if i have to quite literally get a credit card information from the client and i do mean get it from them track them down i lose money on that invoice every single time that occurs and it it's horrible it sucks so we actually like i said just got ach literally i got the email today we are good to go it just doesn't work right now because world pay sucks anyways once ach is hooked up we will be able to give our clients a ultimate or not ultimatum we'll give them a uh well i guess it is an ultimatum they can either do ach or they can do a credit card um if they choose credit card and the credit card is declined, their stuff gets shut off no matter what, Um, and then they they will get a late fee, and then they will also get a processing fee. This processing fee is for turning the the stuff back on. You cannot charge to process a credit card. We'll get into that later on in the podcast. You're going to love it. Oh, some of you. of uh you know the federal government and the state of florida and whatnot um if you're in the state of florida uh so basically what's happening is that uh you know we're going to be calling up our clients and saying uh please if you don't mind since you keep being compromised with your credit card we would rather you do ach if not whenever you do not let us know even though you can update it in, the, in our portal system yourself um, we will charge you this fee uh, our goal is that ach because it is attached to a bank account the bank accounts do not get compromised it's usually the credit cards or debit cards associated with that bank account and thus uh, it will not get declined like it has been doing um, now our uh you know world pay they will be charging us a fee per month well it's relatively low it's like 25 bucks to do that but then each ach payment or transaction will only cost us 25 cents that's huge 25 cents compared to um what we've been being charged is is like night and day um for some of you you'll you'll really you know you'll really understand that um you know, on a, like a five dollar uh, antivirus, two and a half percent, which is I think what we get charged right now, it'd only be uh, twelve and a half cents. Uh, so I mean, yeah, we're paying twice the amount for that uh, that charge, but the likelihood of us having to go after and chase that those funds are are really rare uh, going forward. Now with ACH, you also have to remember that this is going to allow us on bigger 
and larger invoices for us to save more money because we're not being charged that percentage of a credit card. Um, over a certain amount of money, we probably will no longer be accepting credit cards. We will only be accepting ACH. Unfortunately, ACH, we're only allowed to accept up to a certain amount of money, and thus thereafter that amount, we will then just do a direct bank transfer where the client will have to uh, call up their bank or go into one of their branches and physically send us money to our routing number, our account number, um, so that you know we can get the funds, and it's going to cost uh, them a you know a nice little fee. Some some banks are nice; they only charge like 15 bucks. Some other uh, banks charge uh, way more. Some of them are free, uh, since it's domestic. But you never know. So that's ACH. Then you have gift cards. Uh, depending on whatever your POS system is, you can do uh, gift cards. I personally do not recommend anyone doing a gift card system that is just willy-nilly. It's a pain in the butt. I, I just, I, and, and this is why. I've never had to, to do a gift card system in the, in the roles that, I, you know, the businesses that I have owned. But gift cards in the retail industry that I used to work in, um, it was fine. They used one POS system the entire time. If they ever changed that POS system, they had to make sure that that gift card um, was going to be able to work on the next POS system. I say this because some people like to switch um, payment gateways all the time. Well, if you get your gift cards through your gate payment gateway system, and say you sell 100 gift cards at $10 a piece, okay? So 100 gift cards at 10 a piece, looking at about 1000 bucks. And we're just going to say small numbers here. I'm hoping you're selling gift cards for more than that, but you never know. So 1000 bucks. If you switch, say, from payment gateway A to payment gateway B, which is a different payment processor, uh, guess what? Your gift cards probably won't work. And I do mean that. They probably will not work unless it's through a third-party affiliate from payment gateway A, and it just so happens that payment gateway uh, uh, A's third-party affiliate also works with um, payment gateway B. It's just... It's, it's rare nowadays, um, so I really would not suggest getting a, a gift card system through the payment gateway. Now, there's a caveat to that. Um, if you have QuickBooks and you know you're never going to switch from QuickBooks, you can go with their payment gateway and their gift card system. There's no reason for you not to. If you have Square and you know that you're going to be using Square's POS system or at least Square's payment gateway system forever, then by all means, get their gift card system. Too often, I see people that hear someone on the radio or someone walking down the street seeing that they can get them a better um, rate. They switch and then they lose, and then their clients are screwed. It's it's messed up. It's wrong. People are not uh, properly educated on what can and cannot happen. So just be aware of that uh, for for gift cards because you are liable for those. If someone comes into to your store or you know goes to pay you somehow with a gift card, um, 
you are liable for that. And if you cannot accept the gift card anymore, there's there there's issues that may occur. All right. So now getting into gift, I mean, I'm sorry, huh, gift cards. Now getting into credit cards. Everyone knows about Visa, Discover, MasterCard, and American Express. Now I'm gonna do back in my day story. Uh, no. It, you know, it wasn't up north, and no, I wasn't in five foot of snow. I was actually in Florida, um, sweating my buns off, installing LED lighting for, on motorcycles because my first business was a LED lighting import export um, for uh, LED lighting for motorcycles. And I was using cash. My for the first probably year, all I did was accept a cash. And I was really upset about the max dollar amount that people were spending and the max dollar amount I was getting per trade show or just per bike show. And I researched and researched and researched and realized that the average amount of money that people paid for cash was different than the average rate that or the average amount that people were paying via a credit card. And I said, I got to get me a credit card system. Issue number one. Back then, we didn't really have smartphones. Yes, they were a thing, but they were nowhere near what they are today. Remember, the iPhone just came out like four or five years ago. Okay, I'm talking about 2008, 2009. Uh, No, (laughs) it did not happen. You're lucky if you could get the tethering to work on your phone or laptop. I mean, it was it was really bad. So what happened was you had these, and I can't remember the name brand for life of me, but you had these uh, credit card machines that were 3G powered. I don't think they were ever they ever got 4G, but they were definitely in 3G. And they were about 90. It cost me about $99 per month for the device and part of the service. Um, Sometimes, uh, for every single transaction, I I swiped um, or keyed in. I was paid a 3G. I mean, I had to pay a 3G fee, and then I also had to pay a um, a fee to run that credit card. Even if it was declined, I had to pay. I think it was like 25 cents. It was ridiculous. It was it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard back then with what I know today. And that sounds kind of weird, but it's the truth. Everything was paper receipts. I had to have everyone sign their piece of paper and I had to carry a, a ton of, of, of paper with me so that if I ran out, um, I could still have them sign because God forbid uh, they ever did a, um, a thing against me. I could show, no, they signed here, here, here. Um, and then I could also give them their copy. Uh, oh, and by the way, American Express was 11%. Like most people today just jump up and down angrily that they're having to pay 2.5%, maybe 3.5%. Get over yourself. That is fantastic. Um, if you think that's bad, you should. You, you have no idea how bad it used to be. That's, that's fantastic. Um Thank your lucky stars that it's not like it was back then, because back then you had uh, credit card 
transaction amounts or uh, fees that were based upon uh, Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and American Express's uh, payment reward system. And depending on which reward system uh, you had or that client had, depending on what you got charged. Uh, I remember at a couple of bike shows, I saw this charge for $10 and it was for a $5 part. And I was literally charged a $10 fee to run his card because of the reward that he had with it. Um, I called my credit card company at that time. I complained about it. I said, I want to know who this person is. So I don't accept them anymore because I'm literally losing $5 for it. They could not tell me his name. They could not tell me anything. And for some reason, I could never find the transaction um, either. It just it never made sense. Um, so yeah, for 11%, by the way, uh, if you missed what I said beforehand. So the history of credit cards, um, back in 1800, uh, well, America Circuit back in 1800s, they actually had clay and some other types of, of uh, ways to keep credit. So the original thing was actually credit, not a physical credit card. So uh, during the westward expansion, merchants uh, would actually use credit coins and charge plates to extend credit to local farmers, ranchers, and also allowing them to forgo uh, paying their bills until they harvested their crops or sold their cattle. Um, in the very early 1900s, which was a hundred years ago, yeah, a hundred years ago, that's crazy. Uh, there were a few U.S. department stores and oil companies that took credit uh, one step further by offering their own proprietary cards. Now, you heard that right. Their own proprietary cards. Um, Bank-issued credit cards originated in 1946 when a Brooklyn banker named John Biggins launched the Charge-It card. I'm not kidding. It's really spelled C-H-A-R-G-I-T. It's crazy. Uh, and it was forwarded. So Charge-It purchases were forwarded to his bank, Biggins Bank, um, which was the middleman, and then reimbursed the merchant, merchant and obtained the payment from the client and what uh, came to be known as the closed-loop system. So credit card companies like Visa, MasterCard, Discover, American Express, weren't, they, they actually came to be from something. They have never just always been there like they are today. Uh, it was started off by U.S. department stores and oil companies um, because they had the most money to gain from this, most transactions. And then it took this one banker to actually start doing it. Now, the first actual card that was actually um, became popular was actually called the Diner's car Card in 1950. 1950, can you believe that? Now, what's even harder to believe is that they didn't even come out with magnetic strips for those credit cards until 1960. In 1960, IBM produced the first magnetic strip or stripe verification to credit cards technology innovations have occasionally stolen center stage in the cashless payment play that is nuts in 1960 that is literally like 59 years ago wow 59 years ago 1960 now 
what's even crazier when I did some research is that the first um, credit, oh, by the way, a Diners Club was mainly an overseas credit card. Uh, it wasn't really a local like national like united states credit card the first one for united states that was uh primarily issued was actually the discover card discover is a credit card brand primarily used in the united states and was first introduced by sears in 1985. now the same sears corporation is the one that i believe just filed bankruptcy not too long ago because uh they were bought out by kmart when kmart was defunct to begin with. Sears has tried to come back by selling the Craftsman brand, uh, I believe to Black & Decker or uh, Lowe's or, or whomever. Um, they keep selling off stuff, but there's no way they're going to come back from this. They're just not, unless they do a uh, something similar to Amazon. If they were to do an online thing, uh, if they have the name brand behind them, I think it would work. But they're not going to. The people that are in charge of, of Sears, they just they can't see they see the writing on a wall and they're just trying to get all the money possible before the creditors take over. But the Discover again was created in nineteen eighty five by the Sears Corporation. The the, the debut of the Sears Corporation card uh a 1986 Super Bowl resort, resulted in major litigation when Discover filed an anti-suit, uh, anti-law, antitrust suit against Mastercard and Visa for unlawfully preventing their association banks from issuing Discover cards. This is interesting. The six-year litigation ended in 2004 when the Supreme Court declined to hear the defendant's appeal, effectively allowing banks and other credit card issuers to simply to issue multiple card brands. That's crazy. So essentially, the reason Visa and MasterCard um, were so popular was because they literally uh, pigeonholed a lot of banks to say, look, if you don't do ours and only ours, um, we're not going to let you do our thing. That's kind of like what's happening with Amazon, Apple, and a few others. They 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 monopolize the industry. They're the two. Now, two is monopoly, but technically, if you're working hand in hand with another company, and say two out of three two people are pushing out everyone else, that's still kind of considered a monopoly in some people's eyes. Um, now. What is interesting, and I've heard this many times, uh, especially from um, tradesmen, and that is, yeah, I charge a fee. Um, when I have my carpets cleaned, uh, they were going to charge me a percentage. And I said, you can't do that. It's against Florida law. No, no, somebody, it's against Florida law. And I actually had a couple of people come out and give me a quote on offense. And a couple people were going to charge me four and a half percent to use a credit card or three and a half percent. I said, you can't do that. And they said, yeah, I can. I said, no, actually, you can't. It's against Florida law. The problem is, uh, even though it is against Florida law, no one's going after them. And if no one's going to go after them, it's still they're still going to allow people to do it. So you have some people, uh, especially in the state of Florida, that will uh, charge for this transaction fee. No one's going to stop them. And then you have some people that are abiding by the law, not charging the transaction fee, and are losing out. So it's like a catch-22. Now, 
the reason I say it's a catch-22 is because of this. Oh, I'll, I'll say it in a second. Um, so 11 states, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Florida, Kansas, Maine, Massachusetts, New York, Oklahoma, and Texas, um, well, as well as Puerto Rico, uh, have laws that prohibit merchants from charging consumers with surcharges on credit card transactions. Now, you're probably thinking, oh, what are they going to do? <laughs> well, I looked it up for you. Um, it, in Florida, at least, it's actually a second-degree misdemeanor. So a person who violates the provisions of subsection 1 is guilty of a misdemeanor of second-degree punishable as provided by 775.082 or 775.083. Uh, the Florida statute for this is actually 501.0117. Um, a seller or lesser in a sales or lease transaction may not impose a surcharge on the buyer or leasee for electing to use a credit card in lieu of payment by cash, check, or similar means if the seller or leasee accepts payment by credit card. Now, that is the key thing there. If they accept credit cards. So there is a slight hole in the system, which people think they can use, but they really can't. And it basically states that a service fee is also known as a convenience fee. And you're accepting uh, credit cards is a convenience to the client. Technically, if you think about that way it is. However, the way the law states is that a convenience fee would be if you did not accept credit cards and you had to go out and get a Square account just for that one client, just for that one transaction, and then you technically can. I mean, I don't, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. I don't want anyone just to say, yeah, because I said they could. That's not the case. But there is a uh, – I came across a, a, a law that states that if it is, in fact, a convenience fee, you can. Uh, but you cannot charge a surcharge. Now, what a lot of people do, again, is instead of saying surcharge, they say convenience fee, professional fee, blah, 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 blah. Um, unfortunately, if, if someone starts investigating you and they find out on everyone who invoices for a credit card that you charge that, you're done. You're, you're, you're done. I'm sorry. Uh, they're going to take away your visa. They're going to take your MasterCard uh, privileges away. You will not be able to use credit cards again, and you will get a second-degree misdemeanor. I don't want to see anyone um, – I don't want to see that happen to anyone, so please don't do that. That's bad. All right, so um, going forward with credit cards, they actually came out with RFID um, as a form of credit card, uh, similar to Apple Pay. Uh, Google Pay. Uh, actually, Google Pay came out with RFID and their Android, device, Android devices first many years ago. And uh, Apple, in their infinite wisdom, knew that they were coming out with one uh, some years later and decided to suit Google, which inevitably stopped uh, Google from being able to use the the payment system, from what I understand, um, we might have a, a thing on that later on. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, but essentially, uh, RFID uh, was really became popular from from Apple Pay. 
um, where you tap your phone onto the tab, uh, you know, tablet on the counter, um, and then the it reads in transaction token and whatnot. They've attempted to do biometrics. Um, I've never seen anyone do a biometric scanner. That's actually kind of cool, but it's also really gross. Uh, I've seen some people standing in line in front of me, uh, and nothing against it. But whenever I just came off of a job site and I'm really sweaty and stuff, uh, I I wouldn't want someone behind me to have to mess with my sweaty hands, even though I've washed them. I'm burning up. I think that's disgusting. Um, they have hand and finger scanners, voice prints, and RFID chip implants. I think RFID chip implants is kind of kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie. Um, will I ever get one? I used to say yes. I'm not so sure now. I'd be afraid of somebody chopping off my hand. Um, I do know that some businesses, I think out west in California, have actually done this for people to clock in and out, I, and to, and to get their food and stuff. I I don't know how. I didn't even look that up. It's cool. Is it going to be mainstream? I don't know. We'll see. I honestly, I'd rather have a really good biometric, like an eye scanner or something, than a chip implant. Um, so then they came out with EMV computer chips. Uh, this is actually powered by or developed by Europay. So this was a mainly European uh, uh, chip card uh, for the EMV. Um, basically, you have a chip in your credit card. You put it into the, you slide it in, um, and about five seconds later, you take it out and you're done. Um, when this first came about in the United States, it was really slow. I would say the average uh, transaction for me was around 10 to 30 seconds. Um, it really upset me because people were waiting behind me and I felt rushed and I felt very impatient, but over time over the past year or two, it has gotten really quick. Um, at some places it only takes a second. Now, some people do not understand how chip readers work. So let me explain this to you from an IT guy. Uh, from the way it's been explained to me in IT terms. If someone uh, knows a better explanation or if I'm incorrect by saying something incorrectly, just let me know in the comments. So basically, when you have a striped card, you just swipe the card, it has all your information, it goes into the computer, it does its thing. That's it. Anyone can technically swipe the, the card into something else and copy those numbers. That's how uh, the gas readers keep getting stolen. Uh, chip readers in the, in the I'm sorry, not chip readers, uh, credit card things in the gas stations. With chip readers, you put the chip into the credit card. Um, it then reads the security token on that chip. It then verifies in some database the last known transaction chip authorization number. If it, if it is approved, it allows the transaction to go through. Once the transaction then goes through, it then puts a different authorization token onto said chip. What does that mean? If I were to scan my card, or someone was were to scan my card, if they go to use that card at that time, yes, they can. However, most of them don't. They usually charge within, uh, sometimes, a lot of times, uh, credit card fraud comes about because the credit card numbers get sold online on the black, on the black market, in the dark web. The, or to, make a transaction before they're able to, it would change the authorization token 
onto my card. Now, what that also means is that if they do it on their card uh, after it's been copied, they can keep doing stuff, which is bad. So, you know, it's secured, but only to an extent. Okay. Um, I think it's a great idea. I, I, I'm glad they finally did something. Um, the reason they finally did something was because of Home Depot and Target's uh, um, security or lack thereof. I believe the last thing I heard from somebody in the industry was that Home Depot got hacked because they went through their camera system. The camera system was uh, connected to their main network and certain ports on the cameras on the, on the camera weren't, weren't going through or weren't blocked. Uh, I can tell you this much. Whenever I get a credit card machine, I hate them. Um, from like Rollpay or uh, Bank of America or something, and I, they want me to put it on a secured network. We have to literally open up every stupid port on that network. It is completely an unsecured network because that device will not work without it. Um, we haven't figured out why that is. Uh, and the awesome people on the support, uh, customer support of those uh, places, they, I'm lucky if they know what TCIP means or an IP address. Um, it's just, it's horrible. So yeah, that's just a little thing there. So uh, Apple actually introduced Apple Pay in 2014. I thought that was pretty cool. Five years ago. Apple Pay came out. Everyone thought it was the best thing in the world, and I'm just now really seeing people use it. Uh, it's taken that long for uh, businesses to actually buy the equipment. Uh, you know, we actually just got our first EMV credit card reader about, well, it was actually last year, and it can technically accept Apple Pay. It's kind of cool. I mean, it, it doesn't really affect us much. Um, in terms of us having to do something different, it works just like a credit card uh, through through RollPay. Um, I really don't care. It, whatever the person wants is, is for them. I prefer just doing the chip reader and and being done with it, so they can sign and be and you know a fast transaction, so they can you know go on with their day. A couple of other different uh, credit card. Uh, payment gateways that I do recommend. Um, one of them is Stripe, only because it's very simple to set up. Uh, however, the cheapest one that I know of to this day, and they have the best, um, how do I say, uh, customer support, and they're the cheapest, and they have a really good third-party um, lineup of apps and what you can connect to it is actually Square. Uh, now, I will tell you this because uh, it's a f uh, federal law. Um, the link I am going to post inside the description of this uh, podcast is actually linked to my partner account with Square. Um, last year, we were one of a very few number of companies that Square partnered up with. What that means is that when somebody clicks on that link, we can help them out. We can be one of their first lines of support. Now, because of that, we also get a kickback. I can't tell you what that kickback is. It's not that. It's not a lot of money. I can tell you that right now, but we do get a little kickback. 
Um, right now, Square is also offering um, sign up for Square and get free processing on up to $1,000 in card transactions. I don't know if there's a limit to in the amount of days, you know, time period. They never told us. Uh, I don't think there is, but you have to, you know, if you want to read the fine print, you can. Um, it's really cool. 2.5% to 2.5% if read by chip. 3.5% plus 15 cents if keyed. Don't do key. There's no reason to do key. Let me tell you something. Whenever we are not in the office and we have to go on site and take payment from somebody in their home or in their business and we're using a credit card, we have our smartphone. I have an Android. Uh, everyone else in the office has uh, well, no. Two of us have Androids. Two of us, two of them have iPhones, and we all have the um, uh, Square chip reader that is Bluetooth. We just make sure it's charged. All we have to do is uh, turn on the Square app on our phone. You turn, you hit the little button on the Square box. Um, they're only 35 bucks on on Amazon. You insert your chip reader. You insert how much money they owe you. Bada bing, you're done. It's all secured. You don't have to worry about anything. It's fantastic. Um, if you want to do like a printed receipt and signature and all the other stuff, uh, you can buy their other piece of equipment. It's like $350, which is why we went with the $35 one. Um, but you can if you want. Um, the other cool thing, though, is that Square isn't just a payment pro processor or payment gateway. Um, they actually have their own POS system for retail restaurants. Uh, I can tell you this much. If you're going to do a restaurant uh, and you need a POS system, definitely, definitely click on the link that I'm going to give you. Uh, it will save you some money. But their POS system in the restaurant is amazing. It is simply amazing. All these other fortune companies that are spending buku dollars on their systems are missing out. Now, can they support, now can Square support a franchise with 3,000 locations? I don't know. Can they support a franchise with 100 locations? Yes. I don't see why not. I, I really don't. Um, you might when you get up larger, but honestly, uh, if you're up that I'm out. Most people will also just get their own proprietary system. <laughs> so, uh, the other cool thing though is that with most of these people is I believe if you take in 250 or $275,000 worth of credit cards, um, you can actually negotiate a lower rate. Uh, we were actually able to do this this past year, um, for the first time because of how much we took in via credit cards. Uh, we also take in checks and, and, and whatnot as well, but our primary is uh, credit cards. Um, and it was nice. It was really nice. Uh, the only other one is, um, oh, I'm sorry. So Stripe is 2.9% plus 30%, 30 cents per successful car charge. So like I said, again, 2.9% plus 30 cents for Stripe. Compare that to two point, the lowest one is 2.5 or 2.75% for chip for uh, Square. Uh, it's definitely 15.15% uh, less at most for square that's that's awesome um and then of course if you have quickbooks i mean why not just go with quickbooks 
it's just so simple. Uh, at least it used to be. I haven't used QuickBooks Payment Gateway in a while, uh, for about three years, but it used to be darn simple. It automatically um, synchronized everything in the back end. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, they are actually at 2.4% plus 25% for a swiped. 3.4% plus 25 cents per transaction keyed. Now, swiped and keyed. I don't know if QuickBooks has a chip reader. And let me tell you why, again, chip readers are, are so awesome. If you key in or swipe a credit card and the person then does a chargeback or says, I don't know who this person is or, you know, whatnot, they automatically get the money put back in their account and you're automatically out that money. That was the deal with everyone going to in with the chip readers. If you do not use a chip, the um, liability is now on the individual retailer, not on the credit card company and the banks. Now, if you have a chip reader and somebody says, I don't recognize this credit, I don't recognize this, blah, blah, blah. There is a process they have to, they'll, they'll still yank it out of our account, but then we will prove to them this is their signature, this is the invoice, this is their name, as long as everything matches up. And we legitimately took a credit card that was from a legitimate person, the, you know, the owner of that credit card, just to check. Um, all we have to do is submit it, we get our money back. Simple as that. It happens. Uh, it happens all the time. Uh, I Well, for us it doesn't because we do a really good job. But when I used to work retail, I heard it happen all the time. Now, you got to remember, I worked for McDonald's with my first job ever as a cashier. Uh, second job was uh, Kmart, cashier and um, stalker, whatever they had us doing with those funny red vests. And then uh, you had Lowe's. Worked for TGI Fridays. I mean, I, I worked a lot with money. So learning how this stuff worked was always a, a cool thing, especially, uh, especially when I was in school. Um, and that's about it. I mean, so you have cash, check, ACH, gift card, credit cards. Uh, I think I gave everyone a really good lowdown on each of these. I hoped it helped. Uh, if you have any additional questions, please let me know. Please, please, please uh, comment. Uh, and don't also don't forget to subscribe. We're going to try to do a daily podcast um, and, and see how it goes. I think I have enough knowledge to last a good two years. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, here and there, we'll probably do like a, a technology day where we just talk about some cool things that, that came out. Um, probably involve gaming and, and business uh, itself uh, just because that's what I'm into and I can talk all day, every day about that stuff. So, uh, anyways, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. I do apologize. I'm going to try to start doing 20 minute uh, versions, uh, unless you guys like the longer ones. Um, let me know in the comments. Uh, this is episode three, the business uh, from the business bull. What forms of payment should you accept for your business? January 8th, 2019.